I just wanted to start uh, with doing a little bit of a recap of what we've talked about in the theme training so far, uh, the talks that Reed has brought us through. Uh, so he started out the summer, we started out the summer talking about new, our theme for the summer, and how the gospel makes us new, that we are spiritually made new by God through Jesus, that it's none of our own doing. And then Reed also talked about out with the old. And during that talk, uh, he clarified our, the understanding of who we are apart from Christ and that God meets us where we're at as sinners and he cleanses us. That, that we have to understand that we are lepers, that we are spiritually unclean and we need a savior. And Jesus is that savior. He alone can save us. And then we talked about renewed um, and how do we reconcile our relationship with God and that's through the person and work of Jesus Christ alone. Um, that Jesus, being fully God and fully man, came to, to save his people, and that he is the greatest sacrifice, that through his blood we are healed. Um, and then Lucas and Ariana uh, talked to us about renewing relationships, um, which was a big week for a lot of us. And then uh, last week we talked about new wine and grace and gospel grace of what that is and what it does and what it feels like. Um, so throughout all those talks, um, we, were, we were talking about like what is the gospel? And now we're moving more into what does the gospel do? How does that impact our everyday lives? And um, this is, it's really cool to be studying Ephesians because that's the way that the book of Ephesians is split up. That the first half of the book is talking about who we are and how we need Jesus. And then the second half of the book talks about how we play that out in our lives. That the gospel like, not only makes us new, but it gives us new graces. And that's what the second half of Ephesians is about. Um, but one of those biggest graces that the gospel gives us is community. And that's what we're talking about tonight. So we're talking about a new crew um, that you gain uh, through the gospel. So just to give you guys some insight on where we're going, I'm going to be talking about the beauty of community and then um, what actually is community, why is it important, and then what does that mean for us with some practicals. Um, but the main thing that I want you guys to get out of this talk is that um, once we are new in Jesus, the gospel graces us with community to continue making us new. Not only is this a gospel grace, but it's also a necessary aspect of a healthy Christian life. So not only do we get this amazing grace, but it's also required of us. Like Greta was saying, that community is so impactful and influential as we continue to strive to be more like Christ and see more of him in our lives. So before diving in too much, uh, I just want to pray uh, because I know I need it, uh, and, I, and I just want God to be with us all tonight. So if you'll pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come down here and talk about you and talk about your son and what he did for us, dying on the cross, even while we were still sinners, God. And that is, that is a glorious truth. That is an amazing fact, a scandalous fact that while we were running away from you, you ran after us, God. So tonight I pray that um, you would give me your words to speak, that it wouldn't be my words, but that you would just use me uh, as a resource to you as the true source, talking about community and talking about how it can be a part of our lives and how it can influence and impact our lives in helpful and beneficial ways to, again, lead us to the cross and lead us to you and show us more of who you are and who we are and how much we need you, God. Let us never forget the gospel. Let us never think that we are good enough, um, that once we have 
become new in you, that there's no growth to be had, God. We are continually growing, and community is such an aspect of that, God. So I pray that tonight um, people are impacted, hearts are changed, um, eyes are opened to who you are and how community um, can impact us in that relationship. In your name, amen. Um, so first of all, talking about the beauty of community. Um, one, this is one of the main themes in Ephesians, if you haven't noticed it yet, that Christ has united, united people from all nations to himself and also to one another. So this is all throughout Ephesians, even in just like the first half of the book that we've read so far. Uh, you see that in chapter one, like all of the pronouns are plural. It's inclusive language of Jews and Gentiles, but that's not just for Jews and Gentiles, it's for all of us. Uh, and then going on um, further, it talks in chapter two about how we're made alive together with Christ, um, that the dividing wall of hostility is broken down, uh, that we're no longer strangers and aliens, but fellow citizens, uh, that we're being built together in a dwelling place uh, and he talks about the church, and the church is the body in community. Uh, and there's so much more to come in Ephesians talking about community as we go through it. So I'm excited uh, to go through those things. But just to help you guys know that one of the reasons that Ephesians was written was to bring people together. And the gospel brings people together. And that's an amazing truth. So I want you guys right now uh, to try and think of someone that you couldn't be more different from but you built a really good relationship with them because of the gospel. Like, is there, is there someone out there that you don't have like similar likes or interests, but they're still a really good friend of yours because Jesus connects you? And for me, uh, this is one of my friends, his name is Blake. And he is like athletic to a T, like jock, stereotype. And I'm like not athletic whatsoever, if you haven't noticed that yet. If you haven't noticed that yet, like wow, I must be putting on a pretty good face. Um, but like he's, he's all about like eating healthy, doing sports, watching sports. And I'm like, what's a soccer ball? Like do you get that in the basket? Or uh, like just know nothing about that. Um, but it's been really cool. I met him at Bethel. and. God, through the gospel, just brought us together, and now he's one of my best friends, because it doesn't really matter what your interests are. Like, if you have Jesus at the center of your life, that's the most important thing. So we are able to grow together in Christ and in God, and he's pointed me towards Christ so much in my life, and I hope that he would say the same about me, um, because he's one of my best friends that Jesus just brings out the best in us. And uh, together we see the worst of us. Um, but it's really awesome to see that even if that person is completely different than you, Christ brings us together. Just like the Jews and the Gentiles in Ephesians, they're completely different. But God breaks down that dividing wall of hostility. Um, and there's numerous other examples of that um, in this room as you guys were thinking about that. So I'd encourage you to talk to your room. Maybe it's even your room right now, like your room leader or someone in your room that you're completely different from. But through the gospel, you guys can have uh, a great relationship. And that's what I want for you. That's what like we as staff, Brianna and I, working through this talk, want for you guys. Um, to just have relationships with people that are real and true and based on the gospel. And more than that, like, we want it to be people that you wouldn't normally connect with, like, that you wouldn't normally connect with to be your best friends, even at Project. And last year this happened for me. So uh, if you guys, like, go to Northwestern, you may know, like, Hayden Larson or Ben Evans, two other big football guys, like, Jock 
and again, me, not athletic whatsoever, um, but because we work together for the common cause of the gospel, they become some of my best friends. And even um, this summer, like looking at the team leaders, like with Gideon, Alexis, Bacchus, and Micah, all like big football players, and I like cannot throw a spiral for the life of me. Um, but it's been really cool to see how we've been able to connect in Jesus and in Christ and all of those other things just dissipate. But not only that, they don't always dissipate, but I can find joy in those things because my brothers in Christ find joy in those things. And that's an incredible feeling. Um, because when you have the gospel at the center of your relationship, you can't help but find joy in others and what they find joy in. And that's a beautiful thing. So that's the beauty of community. Uh, so now I just want to um, help you guys understand a little bit more about what community is. Um, so this, this is going to be community defined. Um, a lot of you have probably heard the word community tossed around before, um, but you may not know like what it actually means. Like I know coming from Bethel and probably Northwestern, like the Christian colleges, it's like oh, like be in community, be following Christ together. Or even at the U of M, uh, I found out that you're fi you're told to find your people on the day that you arrive. You're you're supposed to find your like clique or your niche um, at the school that you go to. Um, but that doesn't really explain what community is. Um, on Google, it says that community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Um, but I think that it's more than that, especially when looking at uh, Christian community. So I'm going to go through three things of what community is not and what community is. So first of all, community is not Facebook, but friendship. So looking at this, it's not Facebook. It's not just status updates to understand what's going on in people's lives. It's not just acquaintances in the hallway that you walk by and like nod your head to. And it's like in reality, you don't have like however many Facebook friends you have, like 1,800, 500, like you do not have that many people in a close-knit community. It's a lot smaller, it's a lot more real, people that know you well. So community is not Facebook, but friendship. But further than that, community is not friendship, but family. It's not friendship because it looks more like family than friendship. It's, it's not surface level. It's not saying, hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? It's saying, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm really struggling. Or, oh, I'm like doing really well. The Lord is teaching me a lot of things. It's going deeper than just that surface level interaction. And it's not just a shared interest. Like I was saying earlier, it's not just about sports, but it's about um, something deeper than that. So it's more like family than friendship. And as a family, it's reliable as family. It's people that you can go deep with, and it's your go-to people. Like, if anything happens, you can run to them, and they'll be there for you. And it's a deeper thread than just friendship. So some of you may not have experienced this type of family growing up, and that's okay. Um, but that's what family's supposed to look like. People that know everything about you, both the good and the bad, and people that would drop everything to help you. So community's not Facebook, but friendship. Not, not just friendship, but family. And the community is not fun, but focus. So get, don't get me wrong here, community is fun. Like, let's just be clear about that. Uh, fun is very present in your community and in your friendships. Um, but it's much more than just fun. It's more than watching sports together, going to get coffee, or going shopping. Uh, it's more than like binge watching Friends on Netflix, uh, going to a concert, or like playing volleyball, or pool ball, or like chilling by the pool. It's much more than that. Um, like Blake and I would, we would watch 
TV together every week. We would love This Is Us and like watch it every week when it came out. Um, but there's more to our friendship than that. Like the team leader guys, we love to go on T-Bell runs, but there's more than that. And what's more than that is that fun is not the main purpose of our friendship. We're not just hanging out because we want to have fun. The main purpose that we have is that we care about the gospel. And we want to understand more of that in our own lives. And we want other people to understand more of that in their lives. So community is always moving towards a purpose. Like Greta was saying, in, it's intentional. We're intentionally moving toward a purpose of wanting each other in that community and people outside of it to grow in their relationship with Jesus. So that's what community is. Um, but why is it important? Or like, why do we need it? And for this, I want to go to a biblical basis. And starting with that, um, I'm going to look at God's community. So in understanding more about God helps us to understand more about us, um, because we are made in the image of a relational God. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. So you see the plurality there. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And this is talking about the Trinity. The image of our creator is relational. God lives in community. He is triune in the Trinity, and he is very relational with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, Tim Keller has a quote on this, uh, and it says that the doctrine of the Trinity is that God is one being who exists eternally in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Trinity means that God is, in essence, relational. However, if God is triune, then loving relationships in community are the great fountain at the center of reality. Ultimate reality is a community of persons who know and love one another. That is what the universe, God, history, and life is all about. If you favor money, power, and accomplishment over human relationships, you will dash yourself on the rocks of reality. You were made for mutually self-giving, other-directed love. Self-centeredness destroys the fabric of what God has made. So just really understanding that if we are made in the image of God, we are made to be in relationship with people. Just like Greta said earlier, it's not good for man to be alone. And this is shown in our culture even. Like looking at the movie Castaway, like Tom Hanks is stranded on this island and he finds a volleyball and makes it into Wilson so that he's not alone. He makes some inanimate object like a human um, because he doesn't want to be apart um, from community. So we have to understand that God models community and that helps us to understand our need for it. Um, so why is community important? Again, let's look at culture and community. And for this, uh, I have a clip um, from one of my favorite movies, Frozen. Yeah. 
winter? Everywhere. Everywhere? That's okay, you can just unfreeze it. No, I can't. I, I don't know how. Sure you can. I know you can. Cause for the first time Just a real quick ending there. Um, so, I mean, I know that you all probably want to watch the rest of the movie now, but you can do it after the talk. Uh, so just looking at this, like we see um, Elsa, Elsa leaves Arendelle because she's afraid. Like she doesn't want people to know about her power. She tries to hide that. Um, she's afraid of people knowing who she truly is. And even when like community comes around her, her sister Anna tries to come and help her. Like she injur injures her sister because of that. Like because she's so pent up in like what are other people gonna think of me? Uh, and this is like what society tells us um, that there are certain things that we don't talk about. Um, when you meet people, you don't dive deep. You don't share your sin because there are like taboo topics that you're not gonna share with other people. And even like our fear plays into this a little bit. Like it tells us to put up walls and never to share a hundred percent or you'll get hurt. Just like Greta was saying, like we can put that glass wall up, but we never fully let people in. Um, and even at project like this happens, like some of you may be thinking like, I'm only here for two months. Like I don't really have to share everything with my room. Like I can just do 90% or I can talk about this scenario in my life, but not this scenario because what are people gonna think of me? What's gonna happen? Um, and it's like, what's the point of not like sharing those, like just to protect yourself? Well, I want you guys to know that it's worth it to be open and vulnerable, even with the people in your rooms that you may not ever see again after August. Um, because the point here and the point in life is to grow in faith uh, and community with believers because that points us back to the gospel and that points us back to Jesus. Um, so looking at culture, um, one of the songs, a throwback, uh, culture tells us to be I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T, do you know what that means? Uh, and that's, that's what culture tells us to do. It tells us to go out on our own, uh, just like Elsa, to go make this ice castle on the mountaintop and like you'll be happy by yourself. Um, but that's not what Christianity tells us. That's not what God tells us. So we have to switch this around a little bit. We have to switch the letters to say, I'm D-E-P-E-E-N-T, or however words. Um, so you have to say, I'm dependent not independent. Um, so switch that N for an M. Because um, we truly, as people, are dependent on God and on others. Christian Christianity is not about independence, but it's about interdependence on the people around us and God. The people around us to point us to God as a resource, again, to the actual source. Um, so that's what culture tells us about community, but like, what does Christian community look like? So Christian community um, is really awesome, and I hope that you guys can be a part of it, because 
the first thing that it does is helps us, is to help us see our sin. Uh, and this is seen uh, in the Bible in Hebrews um, 3, 12 through 13, where it says, Take care, brothers, lest there, be any of, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So you can see here that sin is deceitful, and, but being in community, community helps to point that out. Um, sin is full of false promises. Um, it tells you that it's going to satisfy you. It lies to you. It hides the consequences that it brings. It distorts, distorts your judgment and perception of reality. Um, there's a Christian rapper that describes sin as excrement covered in whipped cream. Um, and this is gruesome, like this is a disgusting picture, but it's accurate because it looks good on the outside, like that whipped cream looks good, but it's actually hideous and gross on the inside. And that's what sin is. Um, in Jeremiah 17:9, it talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Um, and this is why we shouldn't and cannot walk the Christian life alone, because our heart is deceitful and sick. And it's foolish for us to be alone because we need others to help us see the sin in our lives. Um, there's even the parable in Matthew about uh, the speck of dust in your brother's eye and the log in your own. Like we, can't, we just like to look out on others and be like, oh, they screwed up here, they screwed up here, I'm better than them in this aspect. And we, it's a lot easier to see sin in other people's lives than our own. And this is why we need community to help, it, help point that sin out in our own lives. Um, but community doesn't just leave it there. It doesn't just say like, oh, you're a sinner, good luck. Um, Christian community also um, helps us to see the gospel and it points us back to Jesus. And you can see this um, in the Hebrews passage as well, where it says, exhort one another every day as long as it, as long as it is called today. Um, we exhort one another by pointing each other to Christ. Um, community not only helps us see our sin, but demonstrates grace and points us back to the cross in the midst of our sin. Um, so it's so incredible when you're sitting down with someone and they, I mean, I love being called out on my sin because I want to see more of God in my life. Um, and at times it's really difficult because it's like, oh, that's another way that I've screwed up. That's another reason why like, people shouldn't love me or God shouldn't love me. But the awesome thing is, is that God loves me in that that Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. Like, there's nothing that we've done that he has not already died for 2,000 years ago. Nothing in our past, in our present, or our future that Jesus has not covered with his blood. And sometimes when we're alone and just wallowing in our self-pity from how we've screwed up yet again, like, we don't understand that. So this is why we need community to exhort us and point us to Christ. So... Community is something that we need in the Christian faith. Like, this is not just a recommendation, but it's essential to the Christian life, and that's what Christian community is. Um, so, talking about community, uh, I just want to give and talk about a few disclaimers that are out there. So, um, as you are going into, like, oh, I, I'm really excited about community, um, there could be two ditches that you fall into. And one could be like, well, I'm not actually excited about community. I, I would rather live alone so that people don't see my sin so that I can like, try and be independent and live by myself. Or the other ditch could be making community an idol. 
and always running to them and thinking that community is like the way to salvation. Like if I have people around me, then that's good enough. Um, and though neither of those is where we want to be. Like even in community, there can be loneliness and that's like real. Um, but that's just a pointer to how we need Jesus. So just a disclaimer about community. I have two of them. The first one is that community is not perfect. Like it will fail you. Um, and John Piper has a quote about this. Uh, he says that the new covenant community in this fallen world is not a perfect community, not a completed community, but a community growing and advancing towards perfection. So there's never gonna be a perfect community. It's never gonna arrive where they serve you ultimately. Like that's Jesus's job and God alone. Um, and community isn't always easy. Like as Brianna and I were talking about this um, talk, like we were saying like in her friendships and in my friendships and even in like our friendship together, uh, it's like we've had to work through conflict, we've had to work through hurt, like ways that I haven't served her well, ways that our friends haven't served us well or vice versa. Um, and apart from Christ, like we may have just like ran away or given up on these friendships and relationships, but because of Christ, because of what he's done and how we want to see that other person grow and we want to grow, like we've stayed true to those friendships. And today those are some of like the closest friends that we have. Like I love being able to be a partner with Brianna because she helps me to see the gospel. And I hope that I can help her to see the gospel too. Um, so community isn't always easy. Um, and again, like community is going to fail you. Um, there have been many times when community hasn't been there for me when I need them. When it's like late at night and I call someone, like I really need someone to talk to, but they don't answer because they like Netflix is more important or they're busy or something like that. Um, and even like with my relationship with Blake, one of my best friends, like he's not always intentional to hang out with me. Uh, and, I, and I feel hurt by that. Um, but I also have to remember that communication is a two-way street, that I can also be intentional with him. And I don't always do that, so I fail him in that sense. So in, in all of this, like, just understand that community is not perfect. It will fail you. Uh, and then another disclaimer is that community is not ultimate. Uh, it's a pointer. Um, and then C.S. Lewis has a quote on this. Have to get the classic C.S. Lewis quote into a CO talk. Uh, and it says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. So community is not our God. That's not our savior. That's not like what we are meant to be on this earth for. It helps to point us to Jesus, who is our God, who is our savior, and to our heavenly father who created us to have relationship with him. So just, just a couple disclaimers there. Know that community is not going to be perfect and that it's not ultimate. So don't like drop everything and try to be like the best friend out there. Like you're going to fail and don't get disappointed if people fail you uh, in your friendships. Uh, so then I just want to end um, with some practicals and like what does this mean for us? Like looking at what we've learned about from community, um, how can we move forward in this? So some of you probably have like an unhealthy or wrong view of community um, like coming into this talk and hopefully there are ways that like your views have been changed, understanding like 
what culture says is maybe what you, more of what you've experienced, but what true Christian community can look like, striving um, after Jesus and pointing one another towards that. So a couple of practicals that I have. The, um, the first one is to ask yourself, do I have people like this? Do you have people in your life that know you? People that ask intentional questions, not just yes men, um, but people that call out sin. Um, people who know enough about the Bible and enough about your heart and struggles to tell you what you need to hear instead of what you want to hear. Uh, do you have people like that? Like, and then also, like, think about if you don't have this, like, what, what do you have to do to get it? Do you have to talk with your roommates or your room leader or your team leader or people from campus? Or if you do have it, if you are lucky enough to have that Christian community, like, what do you have to do to keep it and to continue growing with those people and pointing them towards Christ? The second uh, question to ask yourself is, do I need to be vulnerable? Are there things in your life that you haven't told anyone? Like, we're about four to five weeks into project now, and are you still holding out on certain parts of your life? Are you only sharing 90% of your sin instead of 100%? Are you standing on the outside of that glass wall, or did you break that wall down and let people completely into your life? In 1 John 1, it talks about walking in the light with one another, having fellowship with God and with the people around us. Um, and I just really want to encourage you to be totally vulnerable and open. Um, one of the best experiences of my life was last summer. Um, there was a senior leader um, involved in CO throughout college, and he shared a, a sin that he had held throughout his whole college life. Um, last summer, he had already graduated, and he shared something that he had never shared with anyone before, um, because he never felt the freedom. Like, he was always concerned about, what, what are people going to think of me? Um, but when he gave it to the Lord and was able to share it in community, it brought utter joy, not only for him, but for the people that he shared with, and for God. Like, whenever someone shares their sin, we see the cross getting bigger, because we understand that Jesus died even for that. Jesus died even for that. Like the worst thing that you can think of in your life, Jesus died for that. And he wants you to know that. And sometimes we need community around us to help remind us of that and encourage us to share those sins. Uh, the third question is, what can I give to my community? So community, again, it's not just a one-way street. It's a two-way street. It's not just receiving and taking from people, but it's also giving to them. So is there a truth that you can share with someone? Uh, is there a relationship that needs to be reconciled, either down here on project or back at home with friends, with family? Or is there sin that needs to be brought up? Like, do you see someone living in sin? Like, can you speak with them with honesty, but compassion, um, telling them the truth about, like, ourselves and, like, their sin, even when they don't want to hear it? Um, so, like, what can you do to give back to your community and not just take from it? And then the last question is, am I connected to a bigger body? Um, and by the bigger body, I mean the church. Um, so this is where like, ultimate community will come from. Like The church is going to be something that will be present in your life for the rest of your life. CO, it, it's good for the four to six, seven years that you're in college. Um, <laughs> but, but after college, like, are you going to have a community like this? Probably not. Most of you aren't going to stay involved in CO for the rest of your lives. But a way that you can get community is through a local church, connecting with a church, connecting with a small group, 
and just being able to pour into people there and be poured into there as well. Um, so again, throughout all these things, I just want you guys to know that the gospel graces us with community to continue making us new, that Jesus made us new when he died on the cross, and when we like, believe that and confess that, that Jesus has made us new, but he continues to make us new, and community is such a helpful aspect of that. And community is not only a gospel grace, but it's a nece necessary aspect of a healthy Christian um, so I want to I want to pursue that with you guys. I like I want to grow in my community um, because ultimately that's going to grow me in Christ. And I want each and every one of you to grow in your communities so that you can see more of the gospel and what Jesus has done for you. So right now I just want to pray that we can pursue that together. God, thank you so much um, for community um, that you have made us in your image and that you are relational and we can look to you to know that you share everything um, with, with your Son, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, God. And let us be like that with the people around us. Let us apply that to our lives right now with the people in our rooms, the people on our teams, the people from our campuses, even our coworkers, God. Let us, let us be more willing to share um, and be vulnerable about sin in our lives and help and allow us to have people point us back to the gospel, God. And let us be willing to um, tell others about sin in their life, um, but do it graciously and humbly and point them back to the gospel as well, God. We, we want to exhort one another and grow in community, God. So I just pray um, that we are able to confess our sins to one another and be healed, as it says in, in James, God. So I pray that... Um, with a better understanding of community, we can strive after that, not for community's sake, God, but for your sake, to know and see you more and understand how much we need you, God, that the cross, that the cross would just grow bigger and bigger as we see more of our sin, but more of your glorious grace that you have showered on us. In your name, amen.